Hey everyone, it's Dan. Welcome to One Minute with European Zombies circa 1980, episode 11. A minute-by-minute podcast discussing Jean Rolin, Rolin, J.R.'s Zombie Lake from 1980, and Andrea Bianchi's Burial Ground, a.k.a. Nights of Terror from 1980. And I just want to dive right into the 11th minute of Zombie Lake. We've seen the gal doing some crazy-ass thing with a the ball of blanket by water and now she is got everything in a wheelbarrow and she's walking along looks like a little creek or or some sort of something and yeah she's walking along and apparently there is a green face nazi zombie somewhere in her vicinity To film school, Ithaca College in Ithaca, New York, lovely, lovely place. Uh, I'm the same. It's it's in a sort of like a, there's this gorge kind of thing, and and Lake Cayuga is it Lake Cayuga, Lake Ahuga Buga. It's Lake Cayuga, I think. I, I forget now. It's been a while. Yes, it was because our newspaper, I think, was called the Cayugan, and it's great. Huh? These are beautiful stories, and this is why you tune into a podcast about European zombies. But <clears throat> uh, so I went to film school. And, you know, I learned a lot. And, you know, I went out and I made short films and all this, that, and the other thing. And I did all sorts of crazy stuff in front of him behind the camera. The thing is, you you know, you sort of learn the way to tell a story. You know, some some people, you know, you'd learn the, uh, the, the sort of the Sid Fields kind of uh, screenplay method. And... You know, you, you learn how to tell a story, a beginning, a middle, and an end. And if, if you didn't have a beginning, a middle, and an end, you were making un chen endelu. You know, you were, you were Dolly, you were, you know, you were doing last year at Merriam Band, you were doing something like that. Now, having said that, uh, and mentioning a French film, having said that, um, w- when you go to a film, like, say, Zombie Lake, and... You think, okay, it's going to be about Nazi zombies coming out of a lake in a small French village and killing everyone. You got to roll with, you know, you got to roll with it when you start to say the premises to some movies. I mean, I'm sure there's a movie you love that if you were to say the premise out loud, uh, try Raiders of the Lost Ark, say the premise of that out loud and try not to giggle. Well, maybe that's not quite right. But what do you do with the movie like Zombie Lake, which should be straightforward, but for its first 11 minutes has just been... I mean, def- defying logic, and it is J.R. making it, who who specializes in sort of surreal, sexy, vampire films and, and other things. So he's clearly bringing that to the table. But I think there's a difference between the surreal and the 
the what? How's that? How'd that happen? What's going on? And I guess you surrender yourself to it, or you spend the whole movie watching it, going, "Okay, now how'd that happen?" I generally, when I watch this movie, I surrender myself to it, uh, and I will explain what I'm talking about with this minute. Uh, but in the context of this podcast, if it's just me surrendering myself to it, the, con- the our chat's over. Let's go to burial ground. So I got to give a little bit more. So you get this gal. She's got the wheelbarrow. She's pushing it along. And there's kind of to her right is kind of a little flowing stream kind of thing. It's kind of, um, uh, I, I don't know. It looks like, uh, yeah, it looks sort of creekish to me. Um, when I was a kid, we used to, there was a, one of the places we used to uh, go for camping in the summer was a place called Sugar Creek. And to get to the campsite, you actually had to drive across the creek. And then we used to get this huge campsite that was right next to the creek. And, oh, it was awesome. It was incredible. And I'll tell that's my, that's for my Camping as a Kid podcast. I'm going to come up with a better title. But so you see this woman walking along. And she's not in the middle of nowhere. I mean, uh, no matter where the zombie is rising out of and seems to see her, she's not in the middle of nowhere because as she's walking, you see that, one, she's walking towards a bridge over this creek, little rivery thing, into uh, the village, all the houses, plus you see a table on the other side of this this water with, like, three older folks just sitting relaxing. I, I just love the fact that you know, you get park benches in some places, but but in France, you just there are ran- in villages there are just random tables, and you sit down, and no matter where you are in relation to a restaurant, someone will bring you a little wine, maybe a baguette, something nice, some good brie, I don't know. Uh, but but yeah, she kind of walks along, and then you see the the zombie doing his best, you know, the Dawn of the Dead style zombie walk al- along uh, a path there, and and then she kind of like comes around the corner of a building, and all of a sudden he leaps out at her, grabs her, throws her to the ground, starts biting her neck, and there's blood all over the place, and on the high def, uh, you could even see it on the VHS on the high def, uh, the high defness. Of, of the Blu-ray, you could see how spotty the makeup is on his face. And that's not even like, you know, it's like I could see like if he was rising out of the water that some of the makeup might come off. But he's on dry land and he looks fairly dry. So why they didn't um, touch up his makeup, I don't know. My guess would be, and if you have you guys ever seen Mystery Science Theater 3000? Uh, when they do Attack of the The Eye Creatures, the Larry Buchanan film, to me, Larry Buchanan is one of the most beautiful examples. And they pointed out of sort of, he loved movies, but his always thing was, his thing was always like, eh, okay, that's it. That, that'll work. That'll do it. Kind of thing. And they have a th- uh, bit at the end of Attack of the Eye Eye Creatures, the The the, the Eye Creatures, not the Eye Eye Creatures, um, where... He, they have like the filmmakers just didn't care, and I get sort of the feeling that, as I as I probably mentioned before, that no one cared here. It's Euros. It's it's either this is Eurocine caring so hard, but not making it, or this is no one cared and they were just churning it out. I mean, this is like um, to give a musical example, the German uh, label Metal Enterprises at the end of the eighties. Uh, I look up Metal Enterprises germ. Look up Metal Enterprises and like, um, uh, Killer Fox Orgasm of Death. Or uh, there's a site, the Corosium, Corosium, C O R R O S C U M, I think, and Metal Enterprises. And you'll learn about this this studio that did this thing, which it was called like the fake second album, where they would sign, they would pick up an album by a band. 
Uh, band, bands like that you've never heard of. Uh, Killer Fox, Thrash Queen, Godzilla, uh, Kalishnikov, um, a band named um, F-U-C-B-E-R. I, you know, I don't want to wander down there. And that there were actual bands that had... Oh, what was that my favorite? Um, Expect No Mercy, I think. Steel Breed. Steel Breed. And they would get the rights to these bands' albums, and then they would release them, and knowing that the band had kind of broken up, and then they'd create fake follow-ups to the albums that are ridiculous. Um, I think Thrash Queen, it's, it's um, uh, Ashes to Ashes. Um, F-U-C-K-E-R, it's Make Love an Electric Chair. I forget what the Kalishnikov... Oh, no, it is Kalishnikov. Is that... No, wait, what is the name of that album? Is it Kali- uh, But Killer Fox is the best one. Killer Fox was this band uh, from Boston. There's a long story behind it, but they were... Look up Killer Fox, I think it's Going Under, or... Um, crap, I forget the the other name of the album. But they were this, this band, and um, they were not very good. And the, uh, this German label picked up their album, and they created a follow-up called Orgasm of Death, which is kind of a concept album set in like the year 57,000. It's something to do with robots, and if you listen to it, you will... I don't know what will happen to you. I own a copy of the CD. It's very rare, and whenever anyone comes over the house, I play it for them. I'm lying. But... That was Metal Enterprises just like saying, okay, well, folks like the metal, so we'll do this. And none of it sounds like metal. Well, occasionally it does, but none of it sounds like what metal sounded like in the late 80s, early 90s. Just in the same way that this zombie attack, I mean, how did he see her? How did he follow her? How did he know she was going to run that corner? He's a Nazi. I don't know exactly what time this is set in, but this is clearly some time later. And, and this just... How, how does he in relation to her and are they psychic and it's just ah it doesn't matter in the end it's just about the zombie attacks and showing off some naked ladies and a little bit of gore and nonsense but it's still i don't know i went off on some tangents here because nothing really much happens in the minute apart from the fact that and it's a village too i mean this isn't like this isn't uh the grim reaper anthropophagus where you know the uh, people show up and it's a deserted village this is a village that's there's people. There's just people there. So eh, I love it. I love it so much. I don't get it. I love it. My green face peeling face zombies with the mushy blood and the, the thing and the gal on the ground with the leaf in her hair screaming and ah, it's all good stuff. It's all good stuff. Let's go on to burial ground. Where were we? Oh yes, we were being something creepy was going down a hallway and that guy who might be a doctor at the typewriter was getting sexy with a gal. Let's get sexy together. Italian soundtrack he says mother 
not Mama. The uh, I I feel like the dubbers saw that was Michael, by the way, who says Mama. Uh, I feel like the dubbers saw this character and said, "Oh, we have to make him a total doof." So that's why they did that. the The minute starts off with that couple that I mentioned fooling around in bed and some boob grabbing and some smooching. And then it cuts to an angle where for a moment you, you think it's them at a different different angle, but it's actually um, uh, the guy who owns the place and his wife um, fooling around and having a good time. You know, he's totally goofy. She's gorgeous. He's totally goofy looking, you know, and um, <laughs> I'm just looking at him. He's on the screen right here. Mother, mama. Uh, and uh, and the minute is this weird thing. The, the, so the thing going down the hallway in the previous thing was Michael. Michael is played by a gentleman named Peter Bark. They wanted to introduce... Well, I'm not going to ruin what the angle is. Although, if you've seen it, you know what the angle is. They wanted to introduce a very special angle to this movie. And you'll see it a little later on. And uh, because of what the angle is and what they do with it, they couldn't use... I don't know how old Michael is meant to be. Um, 13, 14, something like that. They couldn't use a kid. They had to use a grown man, so they used a shorter gentleman and put that bowl wig on him. And he's a strange-looking one. It's funny, like, when I was a, a kid... Uh, when I was a kid, when I was in high school and I first saw this... Uh, a few years older than Michael would have been. Uh, I, I remember kind of watching this and going, okay, why does that kid look so weird? Well, then you learn later on it was, you know, a grown man. And, um, yeah, that's... Uh, and but the thing about it is that if, if you twig to that quickly, what what's going on here, then you spend the whole movie sort of sitting... Well, until it happens, you spend all the time going, why did they... Um, cast a grown man as like a 13 or 14 year or 12 year old is he even young is he meant to be like 10 i don't know but but yeah I, why did they cast I, I i'm gonna say he's probably supposed to be younger than 13 or 14 but um why did they cast this man because you know if they i mean it's this ain't like Chekhov's you know gun but it's like if you cast a if you cast in a movie that has a bunch of nudity and people fooling around at it, if you cast like a 25, 30 year old, however old he was, as a 10 or 12 year old, that's going to pay off at some point and probably not in a way that you will enjoy much or in a way that you will absolutely love, you big pervs. Thank you for joining me for this ride. Again, having said that, I love the music in this. I love the I love the the sort of lush uh, piano with that that the synth floating over it. And again, oh Severin, I wish you'd put this this had a, uh, that uh, CD sound soundtrack CD in with the Blu-ray. But still, I'm in. It's great. Um, gosh, you know what? When I got to the end of talking about Michael, um, talking about Michael with Dan. When I got to the end of talking about Michael, I don't really have anything more to say uh, for this. It's just, you know, the 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 previous. I mean, I, I guess okay. No, I do have something to say. I I guess in in sort of uh, the same sort of realm as as the previous minute where I don't quite understand how the zombie got to the lady, but it doesn't really matter. This you see, they're they're fooling around in this huge room. Uh, the the mom and 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 the guy who owns the place. They're fooling around this huge room. Uh, th that you saw the guy in earlier, but then you saw the mom in 
a room, what seemed to be a room of her own, my favorite Penny Marshall film. Uh, and then she looks in another room, and Michael's there. So it looks like all the three of them all have separate beds. And um, I kind of like the thought that if if this sort of is going fairly sequentially from from moment to moment, like the mom got up, looked in, looked at her son sleeping, who wasn't really sleeping, and then immediately went in and began fooling around with this guy who I, I guess is her husband. But I, I am wondering why she, I mean, I, I guess I don't understand why he's in his own room. And the fact that Michael goes down this hall shows that he's down. The Michael's down the hall, but the mom seems to be in that room too, like like sharing adjoining bedrooms. I don't I don't fully understand the layout of that. That possibly should be a clue to something happening soon. It might not be, but it possibly should. And there is, I applaud Andrea Bianchi for um, uh, Andy for having most of the minute be in, intercut these two people in bed, not terribly convincing uh moaning around intercut with uh this door being open and this slow shadow building and building and building to the shadow becomes huge and it's like you're going to get some sort of gigantic you know it's like the shadow is shaped like it's either going to be like a crazy bigfoot or like a juggernaut from the the marvel comics you know kind of thing this huge domed enormous thing is coming at you and it's this little guy and of course it zooms right in on him so you can see his his puss and you're just like oh dear and then, yeah, it cuts back to them being startled. Although they weren't startled at the opening of the door. Welcome to the opening of the door. And I, I guess I guess, I guess that's all I have to say on Burial Ground for this minute. It's a couple people fooling around in bed and, and some creepy kid uh, walked really slowly up to a door and then peeked in on them. I don't know, maybe lock the door? I know, I guess she thought he was asleep. And I guess the fact that it's, it's still light out and he's taking a nap means he's much supposed to be much much younger possibly than i'm thinking i don't know the more i think it the grosser it becomes but hey folks it's burial ground it's zombie lake it's one minute with european zombies circa 1980 episode 11 listen (laughs) 